0: We got the alternative energy right. and we kill our free autonomy and, we and welcome
1: to the radioactive show produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the community radio network.
2: Today's radioactive show has been produced on the Land of the Wurundjeri people from my home in Nam, Melbourne. I'd like to give respect to elders, past, present and future and acknowledge that their sovereignty has never been ceded. On today's show, we get a really helpful update from ICANN organisers, Jem Rummold and Jamila Rushton. ICANN is, of course, the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons, who we regularly feature on the Radioactive show and do such important work. I'm joined today by Jem Rummold, who is the Australian... Coordinator for ICANN, correct me if I've got that right, Jem. And Director. (laughs) Director. Uh, Jem has um, been working on nuclear-free issues for many years, has been a a radioactive show producer in the past. And it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Jem. Thanks very much, Crunch. So we have, of course, looked at the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons previously in the RAD show, but would you be able to give a general background uh, on that treaty and where it's up to um, at this point and particularly in light of the upcoming federal election
3: yeah certainly I'll start with the the treaty so I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with it by now even though it is quite a new treaty uh, the treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons it was negotiated in 2017 by uh, around 130 countries participated in those negotiations. And uh, that was on the back of a process which we call the Humanitarian Initiative, uh, which involved a series of conferences to look specifically at the humanitarian impacts of nuclear weapons. And the goal here with these conferences was to take the conversation uh, away from the defense strategists' rooms, away from the uh, defense funded think tanks, and to put it in the hands of uh, the rest of the community, including countries that usually would not um, have much to wouldn't have much opportunity to speak on nuclear disarmament. It certainly serves the nuclear armed states to have the debate in their court and for them to be the ones, uh, running the agenda, uh, but the rest of the world is clearly impacted by these weapons and has something to say, uh, because we know the effects of nuclear weapons don't stop at any state border. Um, these are weapons of mass destruction that are hanging over all of our heads. So, the process to lead leading to the treaty uh, really brought that the conversation into the hands of the global majority of states, and now we need to remember that there are only nine nuclear armed states uh, that exist, between them, they hold over 13,000 nuclear weapons, uh, which is fewer than they used to be. At the peak of the Cold War, there were about 70,000, but it's still obviously 13,000 too many, and the weapons that they're building today are far more destructive than the weapons that were used uh, on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So um, it's really been pure luck that these weapons haven't been used Uh, and they haven't been gone off by accident or used in in a war, and uh, it's not too hard to to fathom nuclear weapons actually being used today in the escalation from a conventional to a nuclear war, and I'm sure your listeners will be really aware of that with the current conflict in Ukraine and Russia's recent threats to use nuclear
2: weapons. Mm, So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've we've covered that a bit recently and I think it just seems like this treaty stands out as one flashpoint of hope in um, de-nuclear weaponising the world rather than the sensation of it becoming more and more precarious. So, yeah, please do um, tell us since that formation um, where it's up to now and a bit about Australia's involvement so far and what what you're hoping for from whichever party gets elected in Mm on May
3: 21st? Yeah certainly so the treaty itself uh, does prohibit nuclear weapons and doing anything with them so you're not allowed to host, stockpile, possess, develop, transfer, um, assist, induce or encourage anyone to do anything with nuclear weapons. So it's a really comprehensive treaty and it's the most comprehensive treaty that now exists on nuclear weapons. And it also, besides having prohibitions, the things that you can't do, it has obligations as well. And they include uh, obligations to seek universalisation of the treaty, so to bring more countries on board and also to look at how nuclear weapons have affected people and the environment and to actually assist the victims and survivors of nuclear weapons and to take steps to remediate impacted environments. And these, are, these kinds of provisions haven't existed before in a nuclear weapons treaty, so they're really groundbreaking and really useful because so, so many parts of the world remain impacted by, by nuclear weapons and nuclear weapons testing, including here in Australia. The Australian government's position has been atrocious our government boycotted the negotiating conference for this treaty and have not yet signed or ratified and have not taken any steps to do so and this is despite a vast majority of the public wanting that polling that we've done public opinion polling uh, always shows between 70 and 80 percent of the public wants our government to join this treaty so this is not something that is controversial with the public uh, our We're pretty clear that if there's a treaty that prohibits nuclear weapons, that's something that Australia should be a part of. So um, it's really uh, terrible that the Australian government hasn't yet followed through on that and made this a foreign policy priority. On the other hand, the opposition has a very different view on this and the Australian Labor Party did bring in a, a commitment in 2018 to sign and ratify the treaty in government. Uh, and that commitment has been retained and reaffirmed in 2021 and it's a really strong one and it's backed up by about 80% of the caucus, the Labor caucus that have uh, signed on to the parliamentary pledge committing to personally work for Australia to join the treaty. So um, th- those are the two major parties. The Australian Greens are really uh, strong supporters since the before this treaty was um, was negotiated, they could see that this was a meaningful and strategic way forward. Um, and other parties, including the Centre Alliance and a number of independents, are also supporters and have signed on to the pledge. And there is there are a few individual uh, coalition members that have signed on to that as well. So there's quite a lot of support in the Australian Parliament, but obviously not enough up, up until now to actually get Australia signed Uh, signed up to it so um, we're hoping that whoever um, forms government that that will change and that we'll soon be uh, seeing a change of direction in the in Australia's approach to this treaty.
2: Yes definitely Um, that's a really good rundown of where the different uh, parties stand coming into the federal election and just so shameful that Australia has not yet joined that treaty Um, and later in the show, I'm actually going to be speaking to another ICANN organiser about uh, the upcoming um, meeting, first meeting of official meeting of the treaty since it's been ratified. So it seems like the timing is really important to hopefully get, get the Australian government to sign on and get moving in properly, participating in um, building this treaty towards a world free of nuclear weapons.
3: Yeah, it's really critical that Australia actually attends that first meeting of states parties and uh, the fourth conference on the humanitarian impacts of nuclear weapons and, and that will be on the 20th of June in Vienna and the first meeting of states parties will be the 21st until the 23rd and that is our first and most immediate um, Call on the new government after the election that they commit to attend those two meetings, even though we haven't signed on or ratified the treaty yet we can still participate as an observer at that meeting and it's really critical that we do so.
2: Nuclear disturbing nuclear developments. We've heard about the AUKUS alliance um, that was formed in late 2021, and also the nuclear subs deal, um, proposing sorry replacing the old um, contract with the French government for a different updated submarines uh, in Australia's defence force. I understand that um, these nuclear subs have been strongly fought by ICANN in terms of um, whether they are needed and the dangerous implications of Australia acquiring those and also that in your area um, there's been some local local protests from council and the community uh, against one of the proposed ports for these submarines near Wollongong and Port Kembla. Would you, be, would you be able to expand on on that, Gem?
3: Yeah, certainly. So I live in Wollongong and our, port, our local port is Port Kembla, which is now on the government's shortlist for a host base for the proposed nuclear submarines, along with Newcastle and Brisbane. And I know all three cities have... Uh, quickly become organisers around this issue and there have been new groups and events bringing up to, to oppose our cities and our ports being used as uh, nuclear sacrifice zones, potential nuclear sacrifice zones, um, and in a way that supports Australia's acquisition of, of nuclear-powered nuclear submarines and potentially visits by nuclear-powered and nuclear-armed foreign vessels. Um, which is something that we don't want to see our port being used for. It's it's a really important area here. It's used recreationally by a lot of people, and the various unions and organisations that work around the port have um, have grand plans for it, and all of that would be undermined by this uh, federal imposition of a nuclear submarine base. So we've we've got a new group in town, and uh, we've got a coalition of of different organisations coming together and uh, we've hosted a couple of rallies and uh, we supported the Wollongong Council to maintain our nuclear-free zone status, which is excellent. And we also recently hosted a, a public forum to hear from the community and to, to talk about the issue because we certainly weren't given that opportunity before the federal government decided to, to point uh, put a target on a map for, for Port Kembla. So it's been really inspiring to see these movements spring up. Um, And, I mean, there are many reasons to oppose this this proposal for nuclear-powered submarines, um, including the issues of nuclear waste and just the sheer uh, enormous sum of money that will be required to go down that path. Um, But from our perspective at at ICANN, Um, We're really concerned about the precedent this sets for a non-nuclear armed nation to acquire nuclear-powered submarines and how that will motivate other countries to do the same. Um, We're concerned about the fact that the the US and UK models that are under consideration use highly enriched uranium and that's uranium that's enriched to 93 to 97% and that's weapons-grade material and... This would require Australia to exploit a loophole in the non-proliferation treaty, which has never been done before and we see as very much undermining uh, that treaty and indeed uh, posing a threat to the global safeguards regime more mm. generally. And finally, we see this as really escalating tensions in our region and it's, it's highly provocative and it would tie us in to US nuclear conflict planning And uh, it's certainly opposed by many of our neighbours in the Pacific uh, and Southeast Asia. So we want to see a focus on diplomacy and cooperation to address shared global challenges instead of making this aggressive move to to acquire these these vessels.
2: Yes, definitely. And um, you point out just so many reasons why it's a really disturbing prospect um, I do wonder I, I became for your opinion on this do you think a do you think it's a done deal do you think can you imagine um, resistance to this nuclear subs um, whether it's by resisting the ports or the financing or other aspects um, it's I guess it feels as an um, as an observer you know a uh, someone in the public, that there was just no consultation about these, this policy decision. Um, but do you think uh, we could see it, it change or be defeated?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think it's certainly not a done deal. I mean, some people have said that this is in a, this is in the category of the pre-election announcements and it was intended to contribute to the government's preferred election rhetoric but regardless of the the motivation behind this it has been behind it it was announced and so as a target port we have to take it seriously and we have to actually look into it and consider what it means and to to work out how we can mobilize to to stop this from going ahead so it puts an incredible burden on each of those uh, host cities and there's much other much better other things that we'd rather be doing, but I mean, even though the federal government has a lot of power to impose what it wants, um, we we have power as well, and I think these proposed host sites are already fighting back, and will continue to. And I think we can we can certainly um, demonstrate that it just won't it won't fly in in Port Kembla, in Brisbane, and in Newcastle. That we won't allow it to go ahead, and that regular people are willing to um, to oppose that because it's not um, it's not the vision that we have for our communities.
2: Mm. Well, that's a really heartening um, response, and it does indeed sound like already the collaboration on the ground in those communities is really strong and diverse. Um, and so we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on what's happening. Are there particular follow-ons around the nuke subs that you can suggest um, for listeners to look up?
3: Uh, we have a, a report called Troubled Waters, AUKUS Nuclear Submarines and the NPT, which is is on the ICANN Australia website. If if your listeners are interested in delving into the issues in a bit more detail. Um, But otherwise, I'd just tune in to what's happening on the ground in those three port cities and support them however you can.
2: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us, Jem. And, um, of course, wishing you all the very best in this important work and we'll be following all the issues closely on The Radioactive Show. Thanks so much, Crunchy. I'm a big fan of The Rad Show. You're tuned to The Radioactive Show, produced for 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. You've just been hearing Jem director, Australian director of ICANN, the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons. And now we'll speak to Jamila Rushton, also an organiser with ICANN, for more updates. So, I'm joined by Jamila Rushton, who is also an organiser with ICANN. Uh, Jamila, can you tell us what, what is your role with ICANN?
0: Uh, well, I've been with ICANN for about the last three years, and in that time, I've been organising across a few of the different campaigns that we run we run, are mainly focused on uh, either engaging with local councils or more recently have been um, coordinating our Nuclear Weapon Ban Advocates Program. So that involves supporting volunteers and partner organisations to engage um, with all levels of government to encourage them to support the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear
2: Weapons. Excellent. And coming to the treaty and... Um, the Vienna conference um, coming up in June, the, um, the meeting of the state parties. Jem Rommel gave us quite a good background to the treaty, but can you tell us a bit more about what's in the agenda for this um, Vienna meeting in June?
0: Absolutely. Well, this meeting is um, being hotly anticipated by um, members of the ICANN community internationally, Um, And, of course, the states, parties and nations that have joined, signed and ratified the treaty. Um, It was originally scheduled for um, earlier this year, but due to COVID in um, Europe, it's been pushed to June. So much excitement around this meeting, Um, but it will bring together... Uh, nations who have signed and ratified this treaty for the first time since it entered into force and became permanent international law. So the meeting will serve to for these nations to discuss how this treaty is working internally in their countries and um, discuss collaborative efforts around universalization of this treaty, so encouraging other countries to um, get on board with it around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be talking also about the, the positive obligations and the, the different terms within the treaty. So very, very exciting.
2: Mm. Um, um, and around... What is, uh, yeah, what what nations have signed on? And do you know of any examples of nations who've really um, begun work on, for example, their positive obligations since signing on to the treaty?
0: Yeah, there's, I think, a lot of interest around um, countries like Kazakhstan who have... Um, signed and ratified the treaty and also um, have a history of nuclear weapons testing. So uh, they have been doing a lot of work around the obligations for victim assistance and environmental remediation. So I think there will be a lot of lessons to learn there, um, particularly, um, you know, lessons that could be mirrored here in Australia where there is also that legacy of testing. So, um, yeah, there's quite a lot of uh, work being done there Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of anticipation from... Um, to hear about what's happening there.
2: Mm. And I understand, are you going as part of the ICANN delegation? I am, yeah. I'm very excited
0: to be be going as part of the Civil Society delegation. Mm. And around this main conference hosted by the UN, there will also be um, an an ICANN Civil Society Forum, which will run for the two days um, in the lead-up. And then there will also be a... Um, another forum hosted by the Austrian government, which will really focus in on the um, humanitarian consequences of um, the nuclear weapons. And that will be, yeah, also a very interesting um, space to hear from impacted communities and survivor communities. Uh, So, yeah, there's quite a lot going on in Vienna and and a lot of opportunities for um, both civil society and international governments to participate. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's um, exciting to hear and also seems to come at, you know, a time of such gravity in global politics. And I imagine the background of increasing threat of nuclear weapons use will um, be on everyone's mind when they're meeting in Vienna. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How, how could listeners and people in Australia... Um, Stay in touch with what what happens at that conference and feel a part of it? Um, That's a great question. We're actually um, planning
0: to host some Australian hubs uh, where people will be able to uh, tune in for a little bit of the sessions uh, that happen in Vienna. So I'll be beaming in um, via Zoom and hopefully talking to some other folks that are in attendance on the ground in Vienna. Um, and having a bit of two-way conversation with people gathered in, in the hub event. So there will be in-person events, and um, there will be one in um, Brisbane and Melbourne and Fremantle, and also in Port Augusta. So we'll um, we'll have the final details of those available shortly. So please keep an eye on our kind of social media um, and and Facebook and, and website for more details about about the hub events because, yeah, people will be able to attend in person as well, which is something that's really exciting that we haven't been able to do for a while.
2: Mm, excellent. We'll definitely stay tuned and update everyone about that. Um, and Jamila, of course, also the federal election is um, fast approaching. Any final thoughts on um, kind of what we can do in the lead up to that and especially given the... Um, given the coinciding with the Vienna Conference?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, probably the best thing that people can do at this point is just send an email to your um, MP or your um, some of the candidates running in your electorate and, and ask them if they will support Australia joining the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons and, and if they would um, support going to the meeting of states' parties. Um, I think it's very would be very amazing to have a a strong Australian delegation represented at that conference um, particularly particularly as we have had delegations at the series of humanitarian conferences that have happened um, in the past so I think that um, yeah just sending a quick email and and asking them for their support and their position on Australia attending this conference would be would be yeah really helpful and, and great for people to do.
2: Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for giving us that update, Jamila. And we're really excited to hear about it from Vienna. And um, yeah, we will stay tuned. on the show this week jamila rushton who you just heard and jem rommald you can follow up on all the important topics they mentioned uh, on the ican website which is icanw.org.au and ican of course stands for the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons this has been the radioactive show Recorded for 3CR Community Radio in Nam Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. To listen again to our shows or share the podcast, you can find us um, at 3cr.org.au. Under Programs, you'll find Radioactive Show. Big thanks to the Nuclear Free Collective of Friends of the Earth Melbourne for their ongoing financial support of our show. Sounds on today's show were sourced from the Free Sound Archive. I'm Emma Crunch, thanks for listening, and here's to a nuclear-free future.
1: 3CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June.
2: We need your financial support to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits.
1: Your support during Radiothon keeps the station strong and enables us to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year.
2: And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax deductible.
1: 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2022. 3CR, keep community strong.